to do some of those evangelism things. We'll call it Consecration Week. And yeah, it starts tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And um, so we've been passing this around the last couple weeks, the Bible reading, and we all, they're all but nine spots are filled up. So that's great news. Um, and they're all the, all the later spots. So if you're still wanting to sign up, you haven't had a chance to sign up yet, there's still nine spots over here on every day of the week. There's at least one. So I'd encourage you to read, uh, read the Bible 15 minutes at a time. So everybody can do that. So if you want to sign up for a spot or another one, I'm not going to pass it around today, but I'll have this uh, after church. We'll have that available for you to do that. All right. And um, so in addition to the Bible reading um, with Consecration Week, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, we're also going to um, have four other opportunities. So you can read the Bible. That's one. You can listen to the Bible being read. So you can like just sit here, and as somebody is reading Scripture, you can just listen to it. It's amazing. Um, so the third way is at every night at between 7 and 7.30, we're actually going to have some worship. We're going to sing uh, worship songs to the Lord. So that's a third way. The fourth way you can get involved is you can come to pray. And we're going to have nine little locations set up around the church where you'll come in and you'll, we, have like, we have a little map that we've made, and you'll be able to take the map and go to the nine. You can go to all nine. You can go to a few of them, however much time you have, and spend different locations praying for the different ministries, um, not only of this church, but of our community. So uh, that's the fourth way. And then the fifth way that you can participate is you can come and eat, right? So there's going to be food here every night, snacks, probably not full meals, but there's going to be snacks here. So I encourage you to come down and take, um, take advantage of those five ways where you can participate. And um, my challenge for us is to be here as much as we can. Uh, I, my plan is to be here all 20 hours. I don't want to miss it. And a lot of time, I think I'm just going to sit here and listen to the Bible being read. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to read through the whole New Testament. Um, so that'll be, we're just going to read through it, like start to finish. So that'll be a fun time as well. So if you have any questions about that, it starts tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And if you have any questions about that, um, let me know. Come and talk to me about it. And other than that, um, let's get into the scripture today. So we have, um, for the last couple of months been doing a series on what? Tell me. The, the Spirit and what? The Word. The Word and the Spirit, yeah. And um, so we're, we're, we're talking about how those things go together. And, I, and the reason I review most weeks is because if you're like me, like I need it. I need that constant reminder of, of what's important. And so two of the, the most important things in our life are the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And how do those two things go together? How, how, do they, how do they work together in our lives to bring, um, to bring the most out of us so we can be the people that live like Jesus? That's kind of what we've been doing in this series. And we've talked about a ton of the roles of the Holy Spirit and how He uses the Scripture together in our lives. Can anyone give me, a, give me one of those? What is one of the things we've talked about the way the Spirit of God and the Word of God work together. What's one of those things we've talked about over the last couple of months? Now's the time to respond. He teaches the Word of Truth to us. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. 
What else? There's been about two and a half months worth of them. I'll give you one. He brings salvation to, our, to us. That's a good one. Uh, what, what's another one? Come on, don't be shy. Man. He guides us. Yeah, he guides us. Yeah. What have we been talking about the last three weeks? This easy one. Spiritual gifts. You guys knew the answer. You're just shy. Spiritual gifts. Yeah, and uh, we talked about nine of the spiritual gifts, nine of the like 20 something gifts that he brings. Yeah, what, what's another area? The fruit of the Spirit. That's a good one. Glad somebody remembered that one. Um, uh, anything else? I don't want to cut anybody off. Prophecy is one, one of the gifts, absolutely. What would you say? Comfort. Comfort. He's the counselor, yeah. That's right. And um, how specifically about the Scripture, what did the Spirit do to bring us this book that we all love so much? He inspired it. Yeah. What else did he do with that? He makes it right, and we and the theological term is illumination. That's good. Thank you. Perfect. Inspiration, illumination. There's one more eye we talked about. Anybody get this? Is a deep. This is a deep cut. Somebody can get this one. <laughs> Inspiration, illumination, and anybody know the third eye? You remember it? Nope. Inerrancy. It means that the Bible is what. No errors in this book at all. No errors. And so those are the things, some of the things, there's, there's the list goes on and on and on. We could, we could talk for probably months and months more about the roles of the works of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so, so the last couple weeks we've been really focusing on the spiritual gifts. And today I want to talk about, and, and I was just, originally had this uh, uh, sermon titled, The Importance of Studying Scripture, because I, I thought that was a pretty catchy title. And then right at the end, right before I turned in my notes on Wednesday, I thought, you know, here's a better title, The Holy Spirit's Greatest Work. And I thought, what's the greatest thing that the Holy Spirit ever accomplished? Maybe apart from bringing salvation to our hearts, but I think it's this, it's the Scripture. And so I wanted to take a whole Week, in fact, this week and next week, because I know that we're not going to get done with all this today. I already know that, and I don't want to rush through it. So we're going to take two weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit's greatest work, and that is the writing of the Scripture. So turn, first of all, we're going to be jumping around a whole bunch of Scriptures today, but first of all, um, turn over to Acts chapter 2, okay, Acts chapter 2. Now, right in the beginning... Um, in Acts chapter 2, this is what's going on. The church has just started. Okay, There's just been the beginning, the birth of the church. Jesus has uh, died on the cross, and then he resurrected, and then he ascended to heaven. And then a few weeks later, the church began, as we know it today. And that's the story we get in Acts chapter 2. Now, one of the most important things that happens in Acts chapter 2 is... The Holy Spirit comes down to the first believers, right? We call that the day of Pentecost. Um, and it says tongues of fire came down, all the people that were gathered together. And, we, and then they began to um, operate in the spiritual gifts. So we talked about that a couple weeks ago. 
But another important thing that happened in Acts chapter 2, so if you go to the very end of the chapter, verse 42, the church is beginning to grow. Now thousands of people have been saved um, just in a short period of time. And then in verse 42, I'll read a few verses. It says, they devoted themselves, this is like the, the church, the early believers, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, which I always think is funny. They're still meeting in the temple. Uh, They're meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number of those who were being saved. So a lot going on there, like in the early church. And so why do we do the things that we do as a church? Why do we, why do we teach? Why do we pray? Why do we have communion? Why do we sing? Why do we fellowship and gather together? It's largely based on this paragraph we just read. Because a lot of the things that we do, they were doing right at the beginning. And I don't know if you noticed those. Spiritual gifts were in operation. Um, They were breaking bread together. That means they were eating meals together. And they were also having the Lord's Supper together. They were giving um, of their finances and their possessions. So a lot of the things that we do today, they they were doing in the beginning. And if you go back to verse 42, what's the first thing on that list that they that it says there in verse 42. What does it say? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first thing that the new believers were doing were dedicating, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. You'll notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say they devoted themselves to the study of Scripture. Uh, which is what we're actually going to be talking about today. Um, they only devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why is there no mention of people studying the scripture? Because you think if 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 they're going to give a if Luke is going to give a paragraph on what the church should be doing, you would think he would have included. Well, you got to read and study the Bible. Uh, you think that would have been an important one to list, but he doesn't list it anywhere. He only lists devoted themselves to the Apostle's teaching. Why is that? Why is there no mention of the study of Scripture here? Well, there's, there's really an easy explanation, which you've already figured out, I'm sure, but I'll mention it just in case. Um, first of all, in, when Acts chapter 2 was written, it, this is only, like I said, a few weeks after Jesus has ascended. So really early on in the beginning of the church, the, the, the truth is that none of the New Testament was even written yet. Okay, None of it was written. The Old Testament was written. The Old Testament was complete. But none of the New Testament was written down. Um, and even what was written down, the Old Testament, was not available to the people. Right, So like you couldn't go down 
to the local bookstore. You couldn't like get on Amazon and order yourself a Bible, right? It was just there. It was impossible to get one. Um, the only copies of the scriptures, and there were very few of them at this time, the only copies were held where? In public worship places like the temple and later on like the synagogues, which are the early modern-day Jewish churches. And then later on, um, potentially the other Gentile churches as well. So that's why you you often see Jesus on the first day of the week would go into the synagogue and he would, you know, the couple few times where he was in there, and he would read the scriptures. That's where people would gather, and the scripture was read, and then somebody would, would teach on it. And that's what was going on here in the early church. We're not even told that the apostles were teaching from the scripture. We don't even know that, if they, if they indeed were. But they were teaching out of what? Most likely, their experience. They have just got done three and a half years with the word. Right? They spent every minute with the Word, and they were teaching from that experience. They were teaching about their experiences with Jesus. Um, so a person, even if a person could have gained access to uh, the Scriptures, there's a very good chance that um, they wouldn't have even been able to read it, maybe because they didn't know how to read at all, which was pretty common, Or also, maybe they didn't know how to read in Hebrew, um, which is the only language that the Bible was written in at this point, the Hebrew language. So the believers were left with one option. If they wanted to know what the Scriptures said, they were left with one option. They had to find somebody who knew the Scriptures, um, somebody that had been taught about Jesus or had spent time with Jesus, like in this case, and then sit under their teaching and learn from them. So pretty simple, actually. This is exactly what these early believers were doing. They were placing themselves under the authority of the apostles. So what a responsibility for the apostles, that they had to teach accurately the things of God. And that's what, I, that's what they were doing. Peter, James, and John, and the other uh, apostles, the guys who lived with Jesus for all this time, they were literally the first pastors and teachers in the early church. Now, today, things are a little bit different, right? Um, We have instant access to the complete scriptures. Okay, don't be shy by a raise of hand. How many of you have a Bible? How many of you have more than one copy of the Bible? How many of you could at any, tu- any touch of your finger have access to multiple copies of the Bible? All of us do, right? If you have a smartphone, if you have a computer, um, you have that Bible app on your phone. You have, I mean, what a time we live in. We have instant access to dozens of English translations. And by the way, um, does access to dozens of, of other languages. If, you, if your heart language is another one, you can read that. Uh, it's amazing the day we live in. Mark and Shelby are here, and their heart, I know, is wrapped up in what I'm talking about because they're dedicating, what, the next 15 years of your life to bringing Scripture to a language, to a people group that don't have it in their language yet. 
Did I say that accurately enough? Yeah, and, and like that's amazing. But yet here we sit with complete access to the Word of God, to the Scripture, multiple copies just sit around our houses. Um, we, have it in our, we have it on our phone. We have it in our computer. We have every opportunity um, to study the Scriptures. We come to church. We can hear a pastor preach. We can, we can get on a podcast and listen to somebody preach. We can turn on the radio and maybe listen to a sermon. We can go to a Bible study in the middle of the week. We can go to a home group. And, and sit under some teaching, we are literally inundated and saturated with the Scriptures, which is a good thing. You know, get me wrong. That is a good, good thing. What a privileged time and place we live in where we have literally unlimited access to the Word of God. Do you guys find that a joy and a privilege? So the question for us today maybe you've already asked this question in your heart, is not do we have access to the Scriptures. I think it's pretty clear that we do. The question is, do we take advantage of the access that we have? And that's a bit of a convicting question. Do we spend time daily in the scriptures, putting ourselves under the teaching of the Holy Spirit and under the teaching of other teachers. So how important is the study of scripture in our life is a question that I want to ask today. And I want to, I want to just spend some time talking about it. Um, how important is the study of scripture in our lives? How much do we believe that this book uh, is worthy to be consumed by us as believers. So the importance of studying Scripture. Let's take a look at this together. We're going to be jumping around to some, some verses. Um, so just fair warning, get ready for that. Um, but I, I'm just going to start with an, a little bit of an assumption today, and, and that is that uh, everyone here that's here this morning, all of us, to one degree or another, we, eat, we all want to grow spiritually. I mean, why else would we be here? Because there's a lot of other things we could be doing right now. It could be, you know, like sleeping in, it's your day off. You could be maybe playing golf. Uh, football started today. You could be sitting at home watching a football game. You could be having a little brunch. You could be at the beach. It's a nice day. There's a lot of things that we could be doing today, but because you're not doing any of those things, because you're here right now, today, um, I assume that means, and maybe I'm wrong, but I assume that means that you care about your spiritual health. Um, and uh, you believe that this place, this church, is a, is a place that will help you grow which I, I really hope it is. I really hope that's true. And I, I believe, and, and you, know, you know if you've heard me speak more than a week, you know that um, one of the primary ways in which we grow, and there's a bunch of them that we've been talking about over the last few months, but the primary way that we grow 
um, in our relationship with God is through His Word, through the Scriptures, as it's illuminated to us by the Holy Spirit. And the first thing to understand about this is that um, the Scripture is God's Word, and in fact, it testifies itself to this fact, okay? So the, the most, there's a few passages of Scripture we often go to here, and the, the, probably the most familiar one is in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Probably a memory, memory verse for some of you. You could probably quote that. Um, I'm going to start it and see if you can say along with me. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and for training in righteousness, don't miss the last part, so that the person of God may be equipped for every good work. Right? So some of you have that verse memorized or you're very familiar with it. The Scripture in all its entirety is profitable to do its work in our life to equip us, to make us the people that Jesus wants us to be that the Holy Spirit wants us to be. The Scripture should have, therefore, absolute authority over our lives because it not only contains the words of God, it is what? The Word of God itself. The Scripture is inspired by God, means that it is God-breathed, Holy Spirit-breathed, the Scripture comes directly from literally the breath of God. We've talked about this a few weeks ago. And if you remember this, that the word used here in this verse for breath is the same exact word that's also translated as what? You remember? Spirit. So, when we see all Scripture is inspired by God, all Scripture is literally breathed out by the Holy Spirit. There's, a, there's another verse that's also very familiar, and maybe this is a little bit less well-known. It's from 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Let me read this one. It says, No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What does this verse teach us? Well, it teaches this. It teaches this, that every word that we have here in the Scripture, every word that we have in the Scripture came from the Holy Spirit as He directed men to write down what He wanted to be communicated. So when we read the Scripture, in other words, we can be 100% confident that we're reading the message of God, the message that God gave us. Like I said a minute ago, several weeks ago, we, um, we talked about this process in more detail. And so I don't want to go back through all that, but um, I'll just summarize to say this, that God thought it was so important <clears throat> to give us a, a message that he wrote the book for us so that we could know how he wants us to live and how he wants us to grow. And you probably know this, that spiritual growth is a major theme in the New Testament. Um, and spiritual growth, there's another word that's uh, uh, sometimes used for spiritual growth. It's the word transformation. And um, 
I want to look at two verses about, that talk about this process of spiritual growth or process of transformation. In other words, what, what work does the Holy Spirit want to do through His Word in our lives? He wants to grow us or transform us from something to something else. And usually when you go through a transformation, you leave behind the thing that's less important and go to something that's greater. Think of a, uh, what does a butterfly start out as? A caterpillar, right? So start with a caterpillar. You kind of, okay, that's, that's fun to look at. But then you turn it into a butterfly. That's beautiful to look at. So a transformation takes place in our lives as well. And how does he do this? He does it through the scriptures and through his very presence living inside of us. So transformation, this, this verb transformed, um, before it was a major motion picture series and cartoon, the word transformed was used in the Bible um, to talk about the, what occurs in the lives of believers um, when we're touched by God. When God comes into our lives, when his presence is in our lives, when the scriptures is in our lives, something happens. We are transformed into something else. Here's a, here's a verse I wanted to read. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this, um, We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Did you see it? What are we being transformed into in this verse we just read? We are being transformed in literally into the image of God. The emphasis here is uh, who's the agent of transformation in this verse? We just read the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us. We don't do it ourselves. We don't have, we don't just like find it within ourselves to be such good people that one day we just transform ourselves. That's kind of, some religions believe that. Uh, there are, in fact, several religions that believe that. But, but um, I'm just going to be bold here to say that those, that's false teaching. That's teaching from the devil. That is not true. We do not transform ourselves to become better and better and better people by what we do. If we are going to be transformed into the image of God, the only way that's going to happen is if the Holy Spirit does the work of transformation. Amen? Don't believe the lies out there, friends. So it makes sense that the longer that we're in the Holy Spirit, the longer that the Holy Spirit is in us, I should say, the longer we're in Christ, and the Holy Spirit's presence is in us, and the Scripture is a part of our daily routine, the more that He will change us and transform us and to make us more like Him. There's a second passage, or a second verse that I wanted to read. It's in Romans 12, 2. It says this, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So here we see that the emphasis on the transformation is in the renewing of our mind. 
And although it's not said specifically in this verse, how might you guess that we would renew our mind? What's a way that we could do that? Did somebody say reading the Bible? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's good. Since, you know, way to piece it together. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what we're talking about. And uh, uh, I'll, um, God transforms us through his spirit. We just talked about that in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And then we see here that he also transforms us through his word, although it's not mentioned here. That's definitely the implication. Um, so here again, we have exactly what we've been talking about. What are the two most important ways that, the Holy, or that, the, that we're transformed? Through the word and through the spirit and how they perfectly go together. One of the best ways that we can avoid, avoid conformity to the values of this world is consistent exposure to the Scriptures so that its teaching can constantly and continually influence and change, change our lives. Here's, um, I don't know if this is true in your life, it's certainly true in my life, if, if, um, if, we're kind of out about in the world, you know, what, wherever that is, we're, we're just, you know, on social media, or we're watching the news, or we're watching TV shows, or we're listening to music, or, you know, you're just kind of um, doing things out in the world. Um, what kind of message, especially today, what kind of message are we getting from the world? Fear? Self, put yourself first. You know, what? Yeah, fear is a good one. How about this one? Like, um, God's, God's stupid. How about that one? You get that message from, from the world? Um, why do you believe in that? Um, how about, um, yeah, self-motivation is a big one. Anything else? Like, what message are we getting from the world? Huh? Evil is good. Evil is good. Yeah, that's blatant now. You say over here? We are enough. Yeah. Messages that um, can be dangerous if, if just left unfiltered in our brains and our hearts. You agree with that? And if we're hearing stuff from the world all the time that... Uh, that this is the way we're supposed to live. And if we're not living this way, then there's something wrong with us. And yet, as believers, if we just let that go uh, in our minds and never combat it with something else, then eventually what are, what's going to happen to us? We're going to start believing that that's true. And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I know a bunch of people that used to walk with Jesus, that used to be a Christian that used to come to church, that used to be sold out for Jesus, that are now, have given it up and are just walking in the world. Does anybody know somebody like that? Um, in fact, one of my best friends growing up is like that, completely walked away from the Lord and uh, breaks my heart every time I think about it. And it's be primarily, it's because when all we do is listen to the things of the world and we never filter that through what God says is true, 
but then, then we're going to come to that conclusion that um, maybe we don't need God after all. Maybe this book isn't true. Maybe we don't really need it in our lives. Maybe uh, Christianity was, was just a made-up thing that existed thousands of years ago, but in the modern mind, we don't really need it. Maybe that is really true. Like, so which one do we want to believe? Which one are we going to believe? And um, so that passage in Romans reminds us that daily we need to renew our mind. We need to filter out the garbage of the world because we can't just not live in the world. Okay, that's, that's we can't, we, we have to do that. We have one foot in the world, right? But, but we have to constantly be filtering uh, the things that we intake from the world through a better filter through the filter of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. If we're going to know God, if we're going to be godly, we must know the Word of God. Because that's where we're going to primarily find the truth about how God wants us to live. And yet, um, with all the resources available to us, and we established a few minutes ago that we have many resources available to us, there's, there's surveys out there that have shown that a great number of professing believers that live in the West of society, America, you know, Canada, Europe, um, a great number of professing believers hardly ever read the Bible. So the surveys suggest that um, these types of people only know a little bit more about the Bible than a third world Christian who, who do not have a shred of Scripture at all, and have never read the Bible at all. We may say that we need to read the Bible, yet do we spend more time on it than people who do not even own a Bible, yet we have all these vast resources available to us. I hope that's not true of any of us here today, and I, I don't think it is. A disciplined interaction with Scripture. And yeah, I use the word disciplined. I think it's okay. A disciplined interaction with Scripture is one of the most transforming of all the spiritual devotions. What do I mean by spiritual devotions? Prayer, worship, giving, you know, communion, the other things that we do, um, fasting, um, reading Scripture. So how do we interact with Scripture so that it can be used by the Holy Spirit to grow us? And I have five ways that we're going to be talking about next week. Um, five ways. I'm just going to give a quick preview because I have a minute and a half left. I'm going to give you a quick preview. Raise your hand if you have a hand. Okay, I'm going to give you a really easy way to remember what we're going to be talking about all this week. So you have... Five fingers on your hand, most of us, and um, there's, I'm going to give us five ways that we can interact with the Scripture in order to help us um, do it. So I'm going to give us the first one. Start with my little one. See if I can do this. Reading. We can read the Bible, okay? And again, I'm going to give them now, and then next week we're going to dig into them a little bit more. So we can read the Bible. The second one, actually, you know what I said? I said it wrong. I should have looked at my notes. Hearing. We can hear it, right? That's the pinky. We can hear it. And the, the, um, the good thing about is this week you have an opportunity for 20 hours 
to hear the Word of God. I encourage you to take advantage of that. So we can hear it, we can read it. Okay, those are the two easiest that, we've, that, that are ours. You can read it, you can hear it, you can study it. And, uh, and there's a lot of ways that we can do that. We'll talk about that next week. The fourth way is that you can memorize it. Ooh, that's a hard one. If you ever tried to memorize the Bible as an adult, especially, difficult. But we can do it with the Spirit's help. And the fifth way is that we can meditate upon it. And the reason I kept meditation for the fifth one is because God gave us these thumbs that uh, help us grip things, right? And if you try to grip something with, like, with, this is dangerous, like with these two fingers or whatever, that's pretty sketchy. Like I'd be easily slip out of my hand. But if I grip it with this one, it's a lot firmer grip. And so meditating, it, it takes the first four and really incorporates that into our lives. Don't make the mistake to think that meditation like is some kind of new agey garbage. Again, that's a, that's a stupid lie from the devil. Meditation is simply thinking deeply about something. And what better thing to think deeply about than the Word of God? Okay, so we're going to talk about those next week. Sai, if you're ready to come on up and lead us another song. And... Um, so be thinking about that. If you have your hand with you this week, be thinking about those five ways in which you can interact with your prayer. And I would challenge you to try all five of them this week. Just try them. And you know where you can try them? 5 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday <laughs> in this room right here. You can try all five of them. Um, right, so so come, come and do that. We're going to sing another song. And um, if there's anything going on in your life right now that you want some prayer for, if there's like you're overwhelmed with joy, uh, just like 30 seconds, quick story. A week and a half ago, I had this, I don't know if you, uh, we were talking about sometimes when the fruit of the Spirit come in our life, sometimes it comes like spontaneously by the Holy Spirit. It happened to me. A week and a half ago, I was, uh, I was just sitting, I wasn't doing anything important, and, uh, there, uh, and uh, a, a person came into my mind, and this overwhelming love for this person that I haven't talked to in a while came into my life. And so I just, um, I just texted him. I said, man, I, I just, you came to my mind, and I love you. And that was it. Like, what a, the reason I mentioned that is because sometimes when we think about prayer, we think, you know, only the things we need from God but prayer also is like, thank you, God, for that, for what you've already done in my life. So over there, like I'll be over there. If, if you want to come over and pray, there'll be a few other people. Just come and pray and praise or sing, and then um, we'll see you tomorrow night at 5. All right?